Congratulations, football fans. It's officially draft season with the ending of the college football championship. What a game. We're going to go over the prospects we watched, what we got notes on, what it does from here, and what starts tomorrow, the draft prep. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about our title sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by onlinegambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. And as you can tell, I, I know my voice is typically raspy, but it's still trying to kind of fight back right now. I was at the 49ers against the Rams game and, you know, it got a little crazy. So my voice kind of going right now, but I, I'm going to work through it. Uh, Ryan, how you doing? <laughs> I'm hanging in. I, I haven't been screaming like you, so I'm doing all right. But I just want to give out a shout to all my family down in Georgia. Congratulations. You got a national championship. It was a heck of a game, wasn't it? It, it was. And for someone like me that put money on the game, I tweeted out, right? Oh. I, I took Bama money line. I'm like, oh, Bama money line. And I tweet out like, man, Vegas, they have Georgia favorite. I don't know why, but that scares me. Because Vegas, I feel like they know something we don't. And I, I tweet that out, and people are like, yeah, a lot of people are feeling that way. I told you. I took them by three on Friday show, folks. If you missed that, go back and check out what we thought beforehand. I'm just saying. Vegas Vegas was right. You were right. Uh, I was definitely wrong in a few hundred dollars wrong now. Uh, probably can't tell the wife about that. But a lot of prospects really showed out right so right away you know some guys that are draft eligible some of these guys they haven't officially declared for the draft so we'll talk about them in the sense of them being draft prospects and what they look like and you know in this game and really throughout the time um at their respective colleges georgia or alabama but what prospects kind of right away jumped out to you i mean for me th there was a bunch of them honestly the, the linebacker play was great uh, you saw the edges kind of show up in more than one way. On the Alabama side, for guys that we're going to have to talk about next season, the season after that, Turner definitely on the and, younger side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turner, I don't even want to get started on him. We'll we'll spend way too long. No, but, real quick. Touch on it real quick. I mean, because he made this one play. It was a two-point conversion. I mean, there were a few plays he made, clearly. But that two-point conversion play where he chased down Cook and, like, just snatched him up, I'm like, what, what is right? this? Like, uh, where did that motor come from? How are like, you so big and doing things like that? Yeah, so between him and Will Anderson, we definitely – Anderson next year, Turner the year after that, but we definitely will be talking a lot about those uh, two prospects. Yeah, absolutely. And on the Georgia side, the whole front in the rotation that they had, even the guys that came in in, in substitution, I, I thought they played a great game. Those linebackers. I think the guy that might – I don't know, I'm torn. The guy that had probably the biggest bump – for me, over what I've seen on film to this point is Tyndall. 
his his plant and close on that sack to really seal that drive was impressive, especially after it just blew the play before that. I thought that was a great recovery. On the other side, this is the best that I've seen Christian Harris play. Like to the point where I'm I'm almost a little nervous about it because this this was markedly above what I've seen his output at the rest of this season. So like from my point of view, that makes me a little nervous. How do you feel about that? Well, Christian Harrison, that was a guy that I wrote down as well. I think a lot of his plays that he made were just, hey, I just want to show off my athleticism, right? I mean, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of is, is he scraping off of blocks. And we saw how down the stretch Alabama's front got overpowered by Georgia's offensive line, and we'll get to some of those guys. But when you got to see him in the open field and that closing speed, I think seeing things like that kind of let you know what type of upside a guy like him has. Now, it might depend on the scheme that he goes to. Is it going to be this, you know, 3-4 uh, backer where he's kind of stout in the middle? Probably not. But 4-3 outside, maybe a Sam or, uh, excuse me, a Will type backer yeah. being able to kind of chase down uh, plays like that. I think that's something where he'll probably be able to shine and show some of that athleticism. And it might not matter that he could be a little bit on the lighter side. I think every linebacker in on the field there, Tyndall and, and clearly Dean, who set the tempo from the very go of that ball game, as well as Toa Toa and Harris, I think they all did a good job of really showing the difference between the urgency in this ball game and what the SEC brings versus the the other linebacker that's at the top of the board in Devin Lloyd, who I really like, but the urgency just isn't the same. Maybe it's because it doesn't have the, the quality of competition that we saw in this ballgame. Well, I mean, even then, you know, we watch these guys against some of these different schools or, you know, I don't want to say lower schools, but, you know, non-SEC type schools. And Bryce Young did whatever he wanted to do, not just against other teams, but I mean, you know, other conferences, but pretty much against anyone being able to kind of run around. Mm -hmm. And he's looked a lot like I've heard the comparison of, you know, Russell Wilson and this game, anytime he got outside the pocket, I mean, he had guys spying them. They were chasing them down. I mean, they were closing the gap so fast. And not just that. We talk about, a lot about these linebackers in pursuit of the quarterbacks, but how well did they run sideline to sideline on, you know, tackling receivers behind the line of scrimmage or receivers on shallow crossing routes and chasing them down and limiting the, the yardage or the damage and preventing them from getting first down? So I, I thought the linebackers, really on both sides of the ball, but definitely the Kobe Dean and, and company over at Georgia, what they were able to do uh, to just limit the big plays initially and the, and especially after, and we didn't even talk about this, but uh, Jameson Williams, maybe we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later, yeah. him going out of the game and how that impacted it moving forward. But terrific job by the linebackers. I definitely want to get to some of the other guys on the back end of these defenses because Alabama, without their two outside guys, I think that kind of hurt them um, at the cornerback position. Georgia, they have some safeties in the corner that I've been a little, I want to say critical of, but maybe not the highest on him. We'll talk about him right after this. But first, I want to talk to you guys about TurboTax. All right, TurboTax. You know, people think of unusual circumstances, meaning it has to be complicated when it comes to taxes. And, you know, with Ryan and myself, with what we do, talking about, you know, on podcasts and how we get paid, we have to have our taxes in order. TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes it very interesting and how they can help. Life changes are exciting and they usually have tax implications. Maybe, you know, you're a full-time employee and you decided to freelance and now you have you have some advice on how to file 
as a contractor, which pretty much is where I am with the Locked On Network. Maybe you started driving rideshare after you, you know, your nine to five job, Uber, Lyft, or maybe you work in the state but live in another one and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax is live, has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. So they can put more money back into your pockets. And you can talk to them, you know, from your phone without ever even having to leave the house. So it's very convenient. Whether you get married, have kids, you know, change careers, TurboTax live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best outcome. To TurboTax live experts, an interesting live can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. And and they're going to get you guys right, man. TurboTax live. All right, man. I'm struggling through these ad reads with my voice right now. But we're going to keep it rolling right now. A a prospect, uh, you guys know I love my receivers, defensive backs, but Darion Kendricks, I have not been as high on him. Uh, Just watching him at Clemson and waiting for it to pop and then watching him at Georgia, I think he's been good, probably has benefited from uh, definitely a really good front that we've seen show up big time tonight. But I thought even then the way he was challenging receivers down the field, breaking up passes, the confidence he played with, he was the MVP of their previous uh, playoff game to get into the national championship going up against uh, Michigan. So big shout out to him and how he performed in these playoffs. And I think just between the two games, he's probably risen his draft stock just a little bit. Now he's going to have to go to the combine and run well and do all those things. But when it comes to film and if people want to kind of point to what maybe his upside could be or things that they want to see, they'll point to these two games. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. If for somebody from a, a higher up view, not maybe not a coaching level, but for somebody like me that takes the bigger organizational view, somebody that raises their game in the key moments, in the big games, that stands out to me. He's not alone either. Seen played probably his best game of the season tonight, was all over the place, still the heavy hitter, but was in position, didn't let anybody get behind him. We talked about it last week, Rob, about what – the plan had to be for those two guys in particular to try to keep James Williams at bay. They did that. Even when he was in the game, what he Williams ended up with, uh, I think it was 65 yards. Now just talking about his performance in here, they did what they had to do to keep him from hurting them and crushing what they were trying to do and allow them to wear out that they have to protect by playing tight coverage. I thought they did a great job that aside. Did you see anything from from seeing that stood out to you in a positive or negative way? No, so that's uh, the safety number sixteen, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, no, he. I thought he was all over the field. Now th- that was a guy that stood out, and I, I didn't know a whole lot about him going into this game. I knew about Kendricks, I knew about the front guys, I knew about the linebackers, but did not know as much about the safety. But just seeing again his his impact on the game, flying around. I mean, just being a too high safety, they did a really good job of running some like two man where you had a man underneath on the trail, safety over the top. And he was there every time in the right position where he needed to be. I thought he did a terrific job throughout the game. I do think that not having, you know, two of their main receivers talking about Alabama, not having Mechie and then obviously losing Williams. 
I think that hurt Alabama a lot. And, and I'm not saying that maybe they would have been the difference with winning this game, but we saw some of their younger receivers come in and have opportunities to make plays and just just didn't make it, just didn't make it. And I, I don't want to say it made it easier on the outside guys, but I do think that it, it kind of changed the dynamic of this game a little bit, especially for the back end guys, because like you talked about, when Jameson Williams was in the game, I mean, he, he left in like the first quarter. He already had four catches for 65 yards and one that was vertically down the field. After mm -hmm. that, it seemed like uh, Alabama had a tough time getting the passing game going. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's it might have been hard for them. It was heartbreaking for me to watch that because I had just done a couple of receivers over the weekend getting ready for this game. And as I graded him out, according to my system right now, he was he was in the lead. He was yeah. wide receiver one at this point. And to see that happen, it, it's shattering. And with the snap of the knee, I think it's a significant injury. I don't want to speculate because I am not a physician. I am a physiologist, and I've seen some of these things happen before. And I'll just tell you that whatever whatever the diagnosis ends up being, it is not good for him in terms of his projection to the next level, what's going to happen between now and the NFL season. So just tough to see. When uh, when he went down, but then you see him come out of the locker room and he's walking, did that change any of your thoughts on that? Because, it, you know, I was thinking like, well, maybe I'd see a limp. And maybe there was like a slight limp there. But, I mean, I've seen people tear their ACL, and I, I don't want to wish that on knock on wood there. I don't want to wish that on them. But I've seen guys, you know, have those type of severe injuries but still be able to kind of walk. So from mm -hmm. what you saw when the injury happened, do you think it's going to be something more severe than how it looked when he was walking, uh, you know, back onto the field after being in the locker room for a while? Yeah, I, I've seen guys do the same thing. I've seen guys play on a ruptured ACL and not really realize it at the time. So I, I can't really, I can't go out on a limb. I'm hoping it's an MCL, which looked like the area to me, which I think would be a much best, better case scenario for him in terms of recovery. And not only his draft slot, but how he actually gets on the field in OTAs and in camp for a team. Um, let's hope that it's not the ACL. It could be both and still be walkable. Those sweats that he had on, he could have had a nice brace under there or at least a sleeve and something that would keep him, comfortable and would never give it give it away so we just won't know until we find out that's tough injuries in these late playoff games and we just talked about guys opting out and what's the right or wrong thing to do and typically guys don't opt out of these you know college football playoff games and you know it sucks we saw uh you know a quarterback get hurt Matt Corral a, a week ago and then now Jameson Williams goes down truly 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 unfortunate for these kids but we're going to get into more about what we saw. I definitely want to get into the front and the front guys on the defensive line of Georgia, how they kind of overpower Alabama's offensive line throughout that game, some of the stunts they ran, as well as talk about the Georgia offensive line. I mean, just the push that they got. I mean, especially late in that game, it was crazy. They imposed their dominance on Alabama. But first, I want to talk to you guys about an incredible app that everyone needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. And my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the Get Up the Get Upside app for free in your Apple Store or in your Google Play Store right now. You know, use promo code Touchdown and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. And you know, you guys, when you get this money back, you're never going to want to pay full price at a pump ever again. 
get cash back right now by using GetUpside. You know, just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a whole lot are making up to two, $300 a month back in cash. And the great thing about this, there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time from your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card, or even your Amazon card or any other brand that you have. So just download the app right now for free, get upside, and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first full tank. And after you do that, you might want to still, you know, bet on some games, which I did tonight. Did not do well, but you guys might do better than I did. And if you are looking for an edge these days and you'd like to, you know, we'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they are providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. So you don't make the mistake that I made by betting on Alabama. OnlineGambling.com <laughs> gives gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. Don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars. Make informed decisions with informative source by experts. Be sure to consult OnlineGambling.com before placing your bet. And I definitely should have did that with them tonight. <laughs> You're going to make it. <laughs> I, I think I'll be all right. Um, let's talk about some of the things that you saw from the front. And let's we'll start with the Georgia offensive line. You know, you talked a little bit about some of these guys. And I remember you specifically uh, mentioning Soller. All right. Yeah. But what were some of the things that you saw that maybe you didn't expect to see from this offensive line of Georgia and how they were able to impose their will on the Bama uh, defensive line late in the game? It was the will. And you're right. Like, it was nice to see it climb. Like, they got that that one-point margin, and all of a sudden it started to click and it started to become a physicality thing, which normally, historically, is going to be Alabama coming out on the winning side of. And I think that was the key. I think Sawyer was a big part of it, though. I, I do want to say that um, I saw a lot of people online complaining that, hey, how, do, how did you call this matchup? And then they moved him inside. Well, they moved him inside because he was the best available line, uh, lineman to go take over what was a gap that was getting beat up on the right guard spot. And kudos to his replacement came in, and, and I thought the, the left tackle play was still solid. Um, I thought Sawyer did a much better job against Anderson, but that is what it is. I would have liked to see him get a couple reps later against Turner just to, to have that comparison. But I think they were solid, I think, as a unit. Um, I even put it out on Twitter, the flying Georgia lineman, because they were they were jumping over piles. Like, somebody's going to get hurt. I was a little concerned there. Well, somebody did get hurt on Alabama on the defensive line. Guy dove on them at the end of the play, and, and it looked like he had a collarbone. Is that what it was? I didn't realize it was from the dive. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the oh. Georgia player, I mean, the play was over, <laughs> and the Georgia player dove over the top. And I said, oh, man, and then the – D lineman from Alabama didn't get up. Uh, we talked about them imposing their will, and then really the beneficiaries of it were the running backs. Mm -hmm. Cook, he sprung off a big run, and he showed some of his explosive bursty ability in the open field. Obviously, the brother of Dalvin Cook, and he's kind of been that that big hitter for Georgia, that more explosive guy out of the backfield. But you also yeah. have White, 
And he did a good job down at the end of the game, really kind of wearing down the defense of Alabama along with the offensive line. Did any of those running backs kind of stand out to you for different reasons? And what do you kind of expect from these guys as draft prospects? Well, I'll tell you, they both stood out in a way that they were what we thought we were. Cook was that explosive kind of home run hitter that can come in in relief as the second back and and be somebody that, I mean, let's face it, the NFL is going to running back by committee all the time anyway, right? Yeah. So he's your two punch. If you have a one-two punch and he's the guy that can come in when the defense is wore a little bit down, you saw how explosive he can be. He's faster than his brother. He looks like he has a little bit better vision than his brother did in college. So, like, you can see the evolution of the family traits, right? And then you get back to White. And I, I knew White could run hard, but that, there was that one uh, second or third to the end, his second or third last carry, where there's like four defenders on him, and he's still pushing the pile. He's grinding it out. And he's not the biggest guy. He's good size, but he's not somebody that I think can move forward five linemen on top of him. So I was really excited to see him take that extra step and put that effort out. Because I think they both have an NFL future. I just wasn't sure exactly how big it will be. I think they both get a lift from this game. You know, I think a guy from this game that we probably won't speak a whole lot about or hear a whole lot about him from, you know, just this offseason or draft proce- uh, process at all is Stetson Bennett. I mean, he's a guy that everybody kind of counted out, and he's a senior, and he's a guy who, you know, he walked on to Georgia. He left to go to a junior college, came back with a scholarship. And I remember earlier in the season where he went crazy in the game, and it was against a lower competition team. But I remember looking at my, my uh, just a box score at one point in the first quarter, and he was like five for five with five touchdowns. I'm like, man, like, is Stetson, <laughs> Stetson Bennett, like, is he going to kind of beat out Daniels for this job? And a lot of people are like, oh, no, no way. They can't win with him. They can't win SEC games with him. We've seen them in big games. Not going to be good. And he was able to hold off JT Daniels throughout this entire season and come late in this game and really make some big-time throws early on. I mean, I thought it was going to be ugly for him. He looked a little rattled. He looked a little flustered. He was playing really fast. He sped up mentally. And then down the stretch, he just made some big-time throws to some of the younger receivers with Burton, also uh, Pickens, and we have talked about George Pickens. I almost call him Carl Pickens, his father. But George Pickens, he made a big-time play down the field coming off of that ACL uh, number five receiver. I believe he's a freshman. He made some plays. So uh, just a big-time gutsy performance from Stetson Bennett. And I, I wanted to give him his flowers because I've definitely been someone who's more of a doubter and thinking that he would be able to outplay Bryce Young on the same field. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by that comparison. The, the whole thing about holding off Daniels, you know, a lot of stuff happens every day at practice. Like, you can see that evolution. The fact that he didn't really ever have to give that up, I thought that said something. But the big thing for me was the fact that for about a minute and a half, he looked like he was going to be the dog. He was going to be the goat of this game. And for him to bounce back and have the mental – recoverability from that that was big to me because I, I still don't see him as much more than probably a backup in the NFL but for this team for this year he was a guy that could survive a mistake that he made not get rattled and torn apart come back and put up a performance that ended up winning this game yes he got a lot of help from his specialists but he had to get the ball to them so kudos to him I don't know what it means for his draft stock or if there is a draft stock but for this game at this level he was the man tonight and that took some doing 
And later in the process, guys, there, there'll be some other guys that we get into. Julian Battle uh, didn't touch a whole lot on him tonight. Uh, the corners from Alabama, they were both out. These are some of the guys that might end up being, uh, you know, deciding that they're going to go pro in the NFL draft. And we'll talk, talk about those guys that didn't play tonight. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NFL Draft. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Draft season's rolling around. We're just getting started. We're starting to get really excited about this process. and really, you know, talking about a lot of the prospects that you guys want to listen, uh, hear about. So if you guys, you know, there's somebody that you know right now, hey, I want to hear about this guy. They're not talking about him. Shoot me a DM at Eric underscore Crocker or shoot Ryan Tracy a, a DM at Ryan Tracy NFL and give us the prospect's name. I'll look into the film. I want to talk about the prospects that you guys want to hear about. All right, so we're going to get into all that and more tomorrow. We will be doing a mock draft for the non-playoff teams. I'm definitely excited about that. You guys keep it locked right here, locked on NFL Draft, and we are out. Peace.